For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I know a lot about golf. It's time for those weekend golf guys. Well, we're waiting. On SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Here's John Ashton and Jeff Smith. It is time for us, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave, Timbergate Golf Course, Edinburgh, Indiana. A little aside, we are uh, officially the, uh, the the best radio, golf radio show of 2019, according to uh, CV Magazine in uh, in London, England. Well, that means that makes it a couple of places that think that we're the best mm-hmm. uh, golf show. Just, just First, a, there's us. Yeah. We think that. <laughs> Right. And then and then there's you who are listening and we appreciate that right. too. And um yeah. Right. And then there's um John's wife and um my wife and uh the <laughs> anyway, difference between your wife and my wife is is your wife actually knows you're on the radio Sunday mornings. <laughs> Mine still keeps forgetting. You know? <laughs> I need you yeah. to. I'm a little busy, honey. Okay, just you know. But just want to thank you all for uh, for the accolades and and uh, shower us with more of them at any time because we enjoy accolades. They're fun. You know, make sure they go to our Facebook page. Look at the trophy. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a, we have a we have a trophy that we we got. It, it, it warms our heart to have. Um, yeah. Some piece of plastic that looks metal. <laughs> it lo- looks metal. <laughs> yeah, that that fake Swarovski crystal, man. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. the The Stanley Cup, it's not, but still, it works for us. So, so. best best radio show, best podcast, best, what best, was the, best the golf radio podcast? show for twenty nineteen. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I do too, man. I don't. Too, I don't. I don't think there's any room to argue. And as I said in our acceptance speech, it, it proves that the editors of CV Magazine are uh, folks of impeccable taste. So <laughs> we are going to be talking uh, a little bit, actually, consistently and exclusively today. We are going to be talking about how do we make this game more fun so more people get into it and more people stay with it and learn how to play better. Simple question with some simple answers. You think, Jeff, we can yeah. come up with a few? I think we can come up with a handful of things that can help people get into the game mm-hmm. and stay playing. And there's a lot of golf courses out there that have the room right. for that to happen. Yeah, they do. Figuring out a, a program, a, a, a niche, a, a gimmick, whatever you want to call it. We've got uh, a guy named Matthew Reagan who's come up with a, with a program called Operation 36. And it seems to be working quite well. And we're going to uh, delve into that uh, when we come right back. We are those weekend guys, guys, so you need to hang with us. Zig Ziglar said that if I like you, I will talk to you. But if I trust you, I will do business with you. And that's the frustration of all of us in the business world. It takes so much longer to build trust than it does just to get someone to like you. Unless you have a shortcut. And that's why we're here. We have a shortcut. It's called golf. We have a free group for you to join, and we can explain it all. It's called the Back Nine Advisory Board. 
Go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com and join for free our Facebook group, The Back Nine Advisory Board. Build trust with customers and potential customers in 18 holes. The Back Nine Advisory Board for all business people who want to learn how to quickly get their clients and their potential clients to trust them with golf. The Back Nine Advisory Board, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. That's thebusinessgolfcourse.com. And it is us. Welcome back. Those we think golf guys. Thanks for hanging. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. I'm in the studio. He's in the golf cave. And Matt Reagan, Operation 36, is with us. Matt, first off, the first time I'll be filming, Matthew. Hello, and thanks for joining us here in those weekend golf guys. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Hi, John. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great hey. to have you here, man. We Matt, read the thing. Thanks for being on with us. Yeah, man. We read the thing, and Jeff has dealt with your Operation 36. But in a nutshell, for those who don't understand or have not heard of you, this is basically a grassroots uh, movement to get more people involved in golf by making it fun from the get-go. Not, hey, you have to learn how to do X, Y, and Z very well before you can even set foot on this golf course. That's a great way to put it. I think it's just we're, we've been, uh, for the last 10 years, trying to answer that question, what is the best way to introduce someone to the game of golf? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we learned through trial and error over the last 10 years that maybe, you know, I guess the the basic concept that it took for us to learn through a lot of failures is maybe the best way to do that isn't you need five lessons before you get on the golf course because we're creating beginners that get hooked to instruction and to the range, but they never get connected to playing the game. And when you ask what is growing the game, growing the game is actually growing rounds of golf. That's the only thing that keeps a club alive. So we believe that, you know, we have to get beginners or transform the way we take beginners into the game and be okay with getting them on the golf course, even if it's the first day. And all that takes is a program or a narrative built around that to make it, um, you know, less overwhelming for the beginner and, and uh, a, a lot better experience. And so we've been really focused on the experience here and how we can not only deliver a program, but through technology and through pros who are trained up to run a really solid beginner golf program, which is not what, you know, Ryan Daly and I, who I started the program with, really set out to do, to be honest with you. It was to work with more elite players and juniors and start a long-term junior program to create college golfers, which I think a lot of us start out with. And then when we had a lot of beginners show up to our first class, it kind of (laughs) set us for a loop or how do we get these kids who have never played into the game? And and we learned a lot over the last 10 years. That's for sure. I imagine the whole idea probably came from some, some disgruntled beginner who said, this is no fun. I want to get out of the golf course. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was, uh, you know, for, you know, we've been, the basic concept that we started with was, Hey, what if we can take junior golf here in Raleigh, North Carolina, we're at Keith Hills golf club. And could we create a long-term junior golf program? And TPI, Titleist Performance Institute, were the ones who got us a little fired up about it, just the idea of long-term athletic development. And this is in 2010. And then from there, we got three kids to sign up, and uh, they would come once a week for eight months out of the year. So we said, if we can see them every week for eight months out of the year, that we could turn them into golfers. And then it you know, kind of became apparent after a few classes, we really didn't know how to structure the classes. Like, how much do we teach them in the class? How much do we let them train their skills? Do we test them on things like to see improvement? And that led us down a little road to develop a curriculum out and like this bag tag concept where they're earning badges on their tag to see progression. 
we grew to 80 kids in Boys Creek, North Carolina, which at a public club, I mean, I think the median household income there is like 30 or $40,000. That's the total household income. Mm. Um, okay. So we're like, hey, if we can get 80 kids coming once a week for eight months out of the year here, then other clubs should be able to do this. And we had a lot of pros that are reaching out to us. But it was just at that time that Ryan and I ended up losing 40 of our golfers from the program. And the 40 golfers that we ended up losing, we started getting on the phones with the parents and saying, why aren't you signing up? What's going on? And the commonality amongst all of them is we were running these classes. They were coming to classes. They were having tons of fun, which in our industry, everyone says junior golf has to be fun. Make sure Mm -hmm. sure you play lots of games and all of this. But at the end of the day, uh, they didn't play golf outside of our program. And the parents weren't really taking them to play golf, nor did they have a way to know how to get them on the golf course. And and so that's what set us down a whole year of trying to figure out the best way to get someone onto the golf course and integrating play into the program. I mean, Ryan and I uh, struggled for a year to find the right way because, I mean, we even put in, I mean, the U.S. kids level one and level two forward tees are fantastic. And I think they should be at every club. Um, but even with those, with a complete beginner, it was taking us, if we put everyone at the level one forward tee, like a 1500 yard track, it was taking us to play like 30 kids. We were playing in like three and a half hours for nine holes. Yeah. Uh, parents are dragging around. The kids are shooting like seventies and eighties. It just wasn't a great experience. So, um, we tried a bunch of different formats and we really weren't getting much engagement. And then just one day Ryan and I said, you know, well, let's get back to the core of the program. What we always said, we wanted to create a program that could take someone to shoot par better for nine holes. We said that that's the score of 36. Like, how could we get them to shoot that earlier or make that goal more apparent to make it more fun? And and we joked that if we put all the kids on the putting green uh, in our next nine hole match, it, we bet they couldn't shoot 36 from there because we were just frustrated at the time. And, you know, we looked at each other like, heck, why don't we do it? And then we did it. We, we told the parents what we we're going to do. We said we came up with this new format. We didn't have a name for it at the time. And told all the kids the goal is to shoot 36 out on the course. We're going to start you instead of on the putting green. We said, we're going to start you 25 yards away. Mm-hmm. If you shoot 36, you pass today. And if you don't, that's fine. You try it again next time. And uh, we knew we were on to something when we got around the golf course in about 90 minutes with 30 kids and the kids that were passed at Keith Hills, you have to run up a little hill at the end. The kids were running up the hill and telling me they passed. And the kids that weren't were like, coach, Matt, I want to try that again next week. And Ryan and I were like, holy crap, you know, it took four and a half years really to to come across that epiphany. And then all we did is tie that back into our six level curriculum for the kids and made that one of the badges. And and now we have, you know, six different divisions to take someone not only to progress on the golf course and measure that skill development, but also have just a fun way to learn it along the way. So in a nutshell, for for, uh, those, again, who who are not uh, cognizant of the program, it's, it's really easy. What it is, is like Matt said, you start at 25 yards away or so. And then go around the golf course and play each hole from 25 yards and in and keep doing that until you can do it, shoot par. And then when you do that, you move back and you do it again until you can shoot 36. And then when you can do that, you move back again. And as you say, you had, what, six different levels? Well, we actually, yeah. So there was, uh, at the time, there was six. In the last two years, we developed 10 different divisions. Okay. And, And the first six are all standard. So they're 25 yards. So that's a 225 yard track, right? And then 50 yards, 100 yards, Mm -hmm. 150, 200. And then we have uh, for the next five divisions, they're full tee box. You're actually playing a full tee box, but you start all the way at the forward tee. Right. And then what we do is each one of those divisions is almost like our own little handicapping system. So it's, it classifies you in our software of what division you are based off of where you can shoot 36 from. So it's a back, it's kind of a backwards way of, 
handicapping someone, but what it does is you can take someone to division six that starts to, now we start to get in and, and we blend in with a normal USGA handicap of like a 20, 25 handicap. So we've really just created a bunch of benchmarks and milestones along the way to turn someone into a, a golfer who's actually going to play the game, but they, they fall in love with playing it. And that's that gap that we're trying to solve. We, mm. We've watched, you know, we've watched 40 of our golfers walk away and we're sure there's hundreds and thousands of the game that have been introduced to the game, taking five lessons and then just leave. And no one's really held accountable for that or had a way to track to see if they're doing a good job. And that's that's what we're trying to help the industry do. We just want to do a better job with the introduction to the game of golf. Well, Jeff and I have, have long been in favor of making it more fun to learn. Jeff's good yeah. at that because especially kids, you don't keep them engaged. It's one thing, but like you mentioned, you're teaching them a game, but you're not letting them play the game. Yeah. And that gets very frustrating for people. Yeah. It's like putting someone in a gym and not giving them a goal. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like, Hey, we're going to join a weight loss program. And then what if you never put, what if you never uh, got on the scale to start the program? How motivated <laughs> would you be? How exactly. do you know you're losing weight? Exactly. Uh, we, we just joke. Go you know, would you would you take your kids to swim practice and uh, you know not and then you know you give them a towel that towel they get out of the car they leave for an hour and they come back and they're completely dry and you're like what'd you do today oh we did all the strokes and everything on the side of the thing but we never got in the pool never got in the pool <laughs> yeah never exactly. got in the pool and it's but golf's been taught that way it's because yep. really there's no incentive for golf pros to get juniors on the course we have no incentive. There's a lot of folks that don't want beginners on the course. So you have general managers of clubs that are saying, you know what? I really don't want beginners on the course because guess who's going to get all the phone calls of the, you know, the people who right. want to play in an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And uh, when they see a beginner or a junior, that poor kid, I mean, the experience that they get. And, and, and really, we're trying to just reshape that. We actually have an issue now. Op 36 people who are out playing Op 36 um, format are pushing play. That's the issue now. So we have to teach them, you know, hit a shot off the tee box first before you go drop it at your yardage. Right. And um, <laughs> yeah. so it's, a, it's the opposite. Yeah. Got to teach them patience along with everything else. Now, Jeff Smith has used this program. He's cognizant of it. Jeff and I, as I mentioned to you, Matt, uh, we had a little argument about something that we're going to bring up to you when we come right back because we're going to take a quick break. We are those weekend golf guys and we're coming back. Stick with us. This segment of Those Weekend Golf Guys is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. I think we're all aware that sports TV nowadays is is full of made-up drama. Same topics being beaten into the ground with, with ideas and takes from people who don't even believe what they're saying themselves. But CBS Sports is going to change all that. CBS Sports HQ is a network that streams live 24-7, and they have coverage that is focused on just the game. Football, they got it. FedEx Playoffs, they got it. Fantasy sports, well, their experts are going to give you the info you need to make all the right calls for your lineup, and, and football season is coming up. No fake debates, no politics, just real sports for real sports fans. Just open the CBS Sports app, and you can watch anytime from anywhere on your phone or at home on your Apple TV, Roku, or Fire TV. It couldn't be easier, and it's all totally free download the cbs sports app and watch cbs sports hq today for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click or just stop by 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. Us. Thanks for hanging. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Matt Reagan from Operation 36 is our guest. I was looking on your website, which is Operation36.golf. Don't go to .com or .org. You won't get there. .golf. You've got a listing of the places, and I check here in Louisville. And the only two courses here in Louisville that offer it are the Louisville Country Club and Big Springs Country Club. If you take out Valhalla, those are the two most exclusive country clubs in town. Yep. That makes it maybe more fun to learn the game, but it doesn't do anything about making the entry more easy for more people because it's expensive as heck just to drive through those gates. Yeah, sure. So I was saying, Jeff, that that's kind of counterproductive, and then he yelled at me, which he loves to do. So I'm going to back well, out because now. because of how you said it. <laughs> You're, you're, you are barking about the notion, how is it productive when only the private clubs that you have to be pay an arm and a leg to be a member of, how's that going to do it? And I said, John, you're not thinking about it in the right way. I didn't say it as nicely as I just said it. There are parts where I agree. I agree, though, with with uh, with John. But I, Jeff, I like to hear your side of it, too. And I can give you our perspective on, you know, how we're starting to solve it. We, we just set our million new golfers in five years. That's the goal we want to accomplish. And we agree. Like, we, we believe that we need to get those and find ways to get it to public facilities. And in our current model, the way that we license it and get it out to golf professionals, we aren't backed or funded by anyone. This has all been bootstrapped from the ground up from running our own academies. We've taken that revenue and funneled it into software and paying for a team to support accounts that are out there running the program and to grow the brand. You know, so it's, it's starting to lead us on a path to go, how can we make it more affordable for pros to get in, but still not put our team under in the midst of doing this so we can get this mission done. So there's a lot of things in the works, but Jeff, I want to hear what uh, you didn't like about that statement, though. Yeah, it'd be a lot nicer than you well, were to me. I will be. I will clean it up. Thank you. I was on the air, so I was pretty clean about it to begin well, with. That's true. <laughs> but nonetheless, Matt, basically, what I said to John is, "Hey, guess what? It's just because that the guys who thought it was a good idea happened to be working at those private clubs. So this is not at all." the fault of the guys who created this great deal. It's the fact that the local public golf courses did not join in. They all have an opportunity. Every single golf pro in the state can start one of these things wherever they are. They can get involved with this thing. But these guys who are choosing to do the, at the public golf courses, they chose not to. I said, so that's the problem. And stop complaining about it being, oh, only the rich guys get it. No, that's not true, John. Get off your soapbox on that. Okay? That's not it. Everybody has an opportunity right. to get a program like that going. They did not choose to. So if you want to go complain at anybody and pound a fist on somebody's counter, go to the local golf course and say, I want you to get involved in this because this will put golfers on your golf course. Right. So, he Matt, said, there's my take on it. He said time in, to in mellow out, man. a cleaner, out, nicer version of that, right? <laughs> the national radio broadcast version of that, of that viewpoint. <laughs> but that, that's got to be a problem. I mean, it, it is counterproductive, basically, trying to get a million new golfers and not being able to go to where the bulk of the golfers would be. And, and John, I agree with you. Okay. I mean, we, we, we're looking at ways to how do we – 
potentially leverage our technology? How do we leverage investors, partners to make it more affordable for pros to get up and running? But I'll tell you one thing we know we don't want to do is we don't want to say that everybody had, I mean, anyone right now could, could send us an email and say, we want to launch the program and we can get them up and running today with a player development advisor that's going to hold their hand through the whole process and work with their team to set up the schedule. And we're going to show you how to use the technology and we're going to train you. And we have a whole training program online for it. And we have more training coming now. One thing we don't want to do is put the stamp of Operation 36 Golf on a facility that is not running a true program. As much as we could say, hey, every pro can sign up for this for free, if there's anything we've learned over the last three years that we've actually started licensing the program, it's uh, how do you manage the quality of the program? How do you make sure that someone's doing a great job? And But I sure as heck don't want someone showing up to a, a course that's running a subpar program just to not get that best experience. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're always looking right now, even just in our technology, is there a way that we could help maybe onboard someone to the game? to accomplish this goal because it can't, uh, if you actually do the numbers on the million golfers goal, which we've spent plenty of whiteboarding sessions and Excel spreadsheets and things on to start to realize how many facilities do we need to get to with pros delivering this to make this a reality. There actually is no way to do it without getting other golfers to pull other golfers into the game. And that's part of our strategy moving forward is how do we get, how do we get a mom or dad to now have a tool to pull someone into the game? And then once they get into the game, we get them funneled to a golf pro to lead them. That's kind of where we're heading in some of our strategy moving forward, but it doesn't happen without that. It's, it's a, it's a big mission, but if there's anything that Ryan and I have learned, you know, in the, in the midst of doing it, we don't put a goal down. We're pretty objective guys. We hate missing our goals, hate missing our targets. So, but now that the goal is out there in the public, it's only making us work harder to figure out how to actually do it. That's part of the reason that we put it out there. So, maybe it's cost. I don't know, but I would think that the the biggest negative in the mind of golf course operators, especially at public or municipal courses, would be the the length of time that it would take, or at least that they assume it would take, to put rank beginners out on their golf course. Yeah, it's actually, and Jeff maybe could speak to this. And Jeff, I don't know if you really got a chance to actually get out there. It sounded like your course was pretty busy already, but I mean, it really was. It, it was a difficult, uh, yeah. it was a difficult time to try to interact something that is, um, new people on a golf course. You would think that this is going to win it and it's a play centered program. So it's, <laughs> it's a basic, the basic setup is you, you run a match for the, you set it up for everyone to attend and it's no different than a tea time. It doesn't take any longer than a tea time and it's actually quicker than pretty much any event you've ever run. And what, mm-hmm. like it, when I was at McGregor Downs Country Club and ran it there and you know, that was our basic setup. We'd have a match every two weeks. We'd find out when the tee sheet was low at the facility and it didn't have a lot of, um, didn't have a lot of activity. And then we'd block out a set of tee times for it. And we would scoot around the golf course in an hour and a half, two hours and be out of everyone's way. And so they could put out play behind us. They could do whatever they want. And we're paying for those tee time spots too. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're giving us away the tee time. So the club makes money. The pros make money for running the program and, and just bake in just, you know, it's just like all those tournaments that are out there. They're getting a rate from the facility and they're charging a premium for organizing the event. We teach pros how to do that. And, and it's, it gets those, it's, it's just really, really good for um, the pro, the facility, and then they're creating a bunch of customers that know now how to go play the game. And But the amount of time to take and get it up is actually, once someone does it, they go, this is the easiest program I've ever run. Let me throw this this one question out to both you guys, maybe uh, Jeff first and then Matt, because I think we've, we've discussed it a little bit. But 
Do you find it maybe better or easier to not only attract juniors, but to keep them in the game if you have some way of also attracting mom? Because mom's probably going to be the one that brings them, right? in the fact she's the one making the decisions on the on the money. Mm-hmm. And there's probably no the question one that's, about it. And, and the one that's also bringing when them. it comes to the kids. Yeah. Right? Because they're the ones basically in charge of the kids' schedules as well. Right. So they are actually the more of the decision maker on something like this. And truth be told, you know, when we have a meeting about junior golf, I always want the parents to show up and 90% of the parents that show up are the moms. So when we sit down and talk about a program and then I realize who we're really talking to, it's the one who's going to be the one that's driving little Bobby and little Susie, the one who's under control of all the little things that they go do. And sometimes when people are starting junior golf, you know, we're just one thing on the sampler platter of what's going to be right for this kid, you know, and whether they like it or whether they don't. And sometimes the size of the program is the deterrent. Sometimes you can get something going that's got so many kids in it that all of a sudden nobody really gets to play because that's just too many on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And then you try to, to whittle that down a little bit in terms of taking up more space, taking up more time. And then you've got to find out, are those parents willing to stick around and become volunteers and become uh, let's say a mom who's on the golf course and say, hey, mom, here's your set of rules. You got little Bobby and little Susie and little Annie, and you're going to have them go do this, this, and this. And we're going to set it up and bounce back around, but we got to talk to the moms. They're the ones who are really the, the key players in this from the adult section because if they like what they see and it looks organized and good to them and they get to do it, like Matt said earlier, the kids can have fun. And the kids could be getting better in the skills, but if you can't get them to the golf course, that's when they lose. Well, if you can keep the parents there, then they're involved in making sure that they're there. And then they find out that the program has value and then they keep them in it longer. So I think that the moms are a key piece in this. The, the actual model of getting someone in, I mean, we, we, we train all the coaches in our training. We have, we tell everybody, if you're going to launch the program, do a little presentation, bring people in, tell them what they're going to go through. Um, because we don't want this to be something that they're doing for the short term. We want them to right. understand that there's a long-term plan. And that's what Operation 36 is. It's a plan to get their golfer to shoot even par from a full tee box. We're not competing golf program to golf program. We're competing golf program to other sports. Yeah. And because there's only a certain amount of time this parent has to take the kid, come to this orientation, check out this 22-page manual on exactly how we're going to take your junior from their first round to shooting even par better for nine holes over the next 10 years. Here's a developmental model that we're going to use. Here's the curriculum that we're going to deliver every week. You're going to get a schedule of events every week. So you can start to see the difference in value there. And and parents will pay for value. They want to know their structure. And then kids want to know their structure too. They want to see that progression. And and that's where, you know, we went from junior program to evolving over the last three years into going, uh, we had a lot of parents going, well, how would you teach me? I really want to learn. I feel like I could learn like this. And we had the moms or the ones that kind of pushed us over the edge into adult programming to go, how would we do this do different for adults? Yeah, because um, you're going to tell me you're going to get my kid to shoot far. I'm going to I'm going to tag along because exactly. I haven't I haven't done that yet either. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. And you know the same hesitations that a mom has to get into the game of golf are no different than a junior. I actually played some played some golf with a family, at, and the dad that was playing with me, the son was in the program, and he said, "You know what you did for me is I never knew how to get my son on the golf course with me." And then once I got my son and daughter on the golf course, they knew how to get on and they pulled mom out here. And now 
My wife just joined the ladies program. And now we got everybody once a week. We have family time out on the golf course. And a family that plays together. You know, you know the rest how that goes. Matthew, I I wish we had more time, man, because this is so, so intriguing and uh, fun to talk about. And and so many things can get fixed just with this simple system. Operation36.golf. Matt Reagan. Wish we had more time to talk, but alas, we don't. We got to go. But thanks for spending what time we had together with us on those weekend golf guys. But. This segment of Those Weekend Golf Guys is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. I think we're all aware that sports TV nowadays is is full of made-up drama. Same topics being beaten into the ground with, with ideas and takes from people who don't even believe what they're saying themselves. But CBS Sports is going to change all that. CBS Sports HQ is a network that streams live 24-7, and they have coverage that is focused on just the game. Football, they got it. FedEx Playoffs, they got it. Fantasy sports. Well, their experts are going to give you the info you need to make all the right calls for your lineup, and and football season is coming up. No fake debates, no politics, just real sports for real sports fans. Just open the CBS Sports app, and you can watch anytime from anywhere on your phone or at home on your Apple TV, Roku, or Fire TV. It couldn't be easier, and it's all totally free. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey. Man, we, we probably should have kept Matt on and talked some more about the whole thing, but it seems like that whole Operation 36 thing is just, I mean, it's a no-brainer. You don't, you don't have to use plastic you know, clubs and plastic balls and hit into Nerf targets or any of that stuff. You get out with real golf balls, real golf clubs, and a real golf course. You do, and, and here's the, the, the trouble. We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, is that all this takes is some, some golf facilities that say, okay, when can we do this? When can we run some kind of program, whether it be an Op 36 program or something else that they do, that they can market and manage? The and manage part is difficult because a lot of golf courses are, you know, they're undermanned, understaffed. Mm -hmm. And then everybody says, well, why don't they do this and why don't they do that? Well, the answer to a lot of that is that they're already understaffed for such a thing. Yeah. And part of that is that. They've got to find somebody who's very interested in doing something like this. And I say like this, like an Operation 36 program or some sort of new player program. But there's got to be a way that it is managed. And they have to find someone who's there with their sole purpose in life is to put more people on the golf course and to teach more people to play golf. Mm -hmm. Let's say an independent contractor teacher like a Jeff Smith. Right. Um, who can go do that because then the staff at the club or the golf course, public, private, semi-private, whatever you name it, they can do their job because they don't need another thing to do that they cannot do from a time perspective. Right. A guy can't get out there and run the counter, run the hot dog stand, push the carts around, answer the phone and, and talk to the people that are already there, keep the pro shop clean and 
all those things and sell the merchandise and also try to get a new player development program off the ground. They've got to have somebody who's dedicated for that. And, and the smart golf courses, the people who are in charge of each golf course, they need to have somebody that can go to and say, okay, let's make an arrangement. We want more play at our golf course. Right. We want to be the place where people come to play and we have time on our golf course that we can get that done, but we don't have the resources of people to do it. So they need to bring somebody else on board somehow and get that person involved in it. So that way they can really make it um, a win-win scenario so that the golf course wins, the guy who's in charge of running it wins, and that the kids or the new players that are adults are also winners right. in this thing. Yeah. And they have to find that because without that that core issue right there of staffing, then there isn't any sort of new player development program that's ever really going to be long-lasting. Like Matt said earlier, they can get a bunch of kids to do things, and then they don't come because there's no long-term way for them to get on the golf course, be on the golf course. Mm-hmm. It isn't going to happen that way. Yeah, yeah. That's the the biggest issue that I see. You know, there are hurdles to everything. Oh, and sure. That's the one that I see because without that, then there are there are no solutions. Yeah. And it isn't this guy's answer or that guy's answer. You know, this guy says, hey, I got Operation 36 and I got this cool program and this really works and people like it and they'll come for it and they'll pay for it. Another guy says, I've got a different program and I call it whatever. Yeah. And this other program, but they still have to be operated by someone. Sure. Yeah. They still have to, you know, all of it has to go through that someone. It can't be split up between, well, some of it goes to the club or the golf course and some of it goes to the person and some of it goes to the system or whatever. You can't break it all up like that. It's all got to go to one thing where one person's kind of in charge of what's going on there. Yeah. And, and that, that's an important factor. And that person would have to be dedicated. I mean, you just can't, can't add, you know, some, you're going to take the carts out every morning and oh, and oh, you're going to take care of the junior program in the afternoon. Not going to work. It, it, because it always changes. Yeah. You know, when they're, when they're the employee of the club, so to speak, then all of a sudden when some other employee doesn't show up or whatever, they just call every employee and say, oh, well, you got to stop doing what you're doing. This is more important. Now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. To do that. Yep. Yeah. And and I do understand the uh, the whole uh, you know why why the the private clubs have probably gravitated to it um, more readily than than have the uh, uh, semi-private or public courses basically because what you said is manpower to begin with, maybe even budgetary constraints, time constraints definitely. If you're looking at getting, you know, four 12-year-olds out on your golf course, you're not going to be able to charge them the same as you would for four 40-year-olds. Um, well, that that's true. And, and so that's always an issue. Mm-hmm. But right now, you yeah, know, I, I've seen um, golf courses that say, hey, look, this is what we want. If you want to put your, your program out here on our golf course, this is what we get for our tee times. But yet they don't have anybody playing at that time. Right. So they're really getting zero. Yeah. And you can't get that back again. No. That's, that's a uh, look at inventory like that, that spoils think, quite quickly. <laughs> right. Until those tee times are filled, those tee times have only a particular value. Right. And it's whatever somebody makes up in their head that they're worth because right now, you know, if they're not being used, they're worth zero. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at one o'clock this afternoon, the one o'clock tomorrow afternoon tea time may be worth $44, but at 1258 tomorrow, that tea time 
is not going to be worth quite that much because it's about to go bad totally. You know, I just get this little coffee cup in front of me here that I always look at when we have conversations like this. It's, it's a cartoon of two guys out on the golf course, and one guy is very disgruntled, and he's swearing and breaking a club over his knee. And then he says, I have never played this bad before. And the guy playing with him in the car says, oh, you've played before? <laughs> yes. Another reason why, even if was- even if you're not a kid, you may want to uh, take some lessons, get out there, and uh, find a way to make it fun to learn to play better. Because, as I mentioned to Matt, man, if I had a kid who was getting into golf, and you told me bring this this child to my program, and after X amount of time he'll be shooting par at 36 for nine holes, I'm going to say, really? I'm coming with him because I haven't done that. I'm not a scratch golfer. I'm not going to shoot par for 36 holes. Often, maybe once in the proverbial blue moon, but I want to learn how to do that too. You have counseled us on many an occasion to practice on the course, which this basically is is the same idea. Don't do your whole yeah. routine if you want. If you want to do this, take your your ball to fifty yards out and start from there, and do that on every hole in the front nine until you can do it at thirty six, and then move back to one fifty or whatever. I mean, this just sounds like such a great idea for any golfer to have more fun and get better more quickly. You agree? I think that one of the key pieces in that, in this thought, uh, this general thought of let's learn to play when we're on the golf course, let's practice some more when we're on the golf course, is don't take a bunch of divots on the golf course. If you're going to learn to strike a golf ball, learn to strike a golf ball without tearing up an awful lot of ground by having your club too low at the bottom, by staying down on it a lot, mm-hmm. having too low a posture. What you're looking for is to strike a ball. The best possible strikes are the ones where the bottom of the club is just skimming the turf. Right. Now, the reason I mention that now is because a lot of people will hear us and they'll say, man, I really should go practice more kinds of shots on the golf course. And then they'll go out and they'll drop three or four balls. Don't do it from the same place, people. Move it around. Right. We're not looking for any golf course anywhere to have a bunch of divots taken out in the same location. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not. That will okay? not ingratiate so, you to the groundskeeper. No, sir. Right. Hear me loud and clear. Move the ball around to different places and learn to hit from a new place, but don't stand there and practice and take up divot after divot after divot because we're not after the creation of a bunch of golfers who are just going to go out there and wreck the course right well I'm, while learning to play it. and i'm not suggesting that we we do a 180 degree change in the in the model of teaching someone to play golf either i mean you have to you have to do some work on the practice facility you have to do some work in the golf cave you have to be able to learn how to do it right or at least get some basic idea of how to do it right you know and i understand that that hitting a bucket of balls on on a driving range is not the same as playing golf but unless and until you can get to that driving range and hit a majority of the the balls out of that bucket correctly, I'm not even saying well, just correctly, strike the ball the way it should be struck with a club, then you really have no business being on a golf course. Or, or at least being on the course itself is not going to improve any because it's just going to add more frustration when you see you start losing balls that way and they're yours, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you hit you hit one right to the right on a driving range, and that's no problem. The guy with the little tractor will go get it for you. But you do that on a golf course, and uh, you know that's that's four bucks. You can kiss goodbye right then and there. So, 
Learn how to yeah, do it correctly. There's a guy out there in scuba gear who's um, <laughs> yeah. he's got your ball now. That's he's right. about to re he's about to sell it to you again. Yes. I mean, <laughs> if you if you didn't understand that finders keepers losers weepers thing when you were a kid, you will once you learn how to play golf. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's the way that's it right. goes. You still need to take lessons in order to do it correctly because you know it sounds so easy for you to say just just learn how to scrape the turf. Well, that takes some doing, learning that. That takes some, some instruction to begin with, expert instruction, and then lots of repeat repetition. So, you know, here's, here's the thing. Golf instruction doesn't have to be expensive, doesn't have to be uh, time-consuming, and it doesn't have to be boring. And this is the job of any good teacher if we were learning to play a musical instrument, we would be learning from someone who would teach us how to do it. And then we'd go learn to practice it on our own. Right. Good teachers teach people how to practice so that they get the feedback they want. So they can know they're truly getting better at something. Right. Here it is with music. And if I was learning to play the guitar, you know what I would hear is my feedback. Yeah. <laughs> right away and he's not talking feedback so, from the teacher <laughs> no i'm talking about the noises that don't sound like someone that's playing right. guitar that's right <laughs> but you know in in golf there's the feedback of contact and there's the feedback of direction there's a feedback of distance mm-hmm and then there's also the feeling that goes along with those things that it's public because they're always looking around. There's a lot of people and they always feel like there's a bunch of eyes on them. Right, right. Whereas opposed to me learning how to play guitar, I can hold myself up in the basement yes. when nobody else is home. <laughs> and I'm the only one who knows how badly I'm performing. And if anybody ever walked out by and, and heard it and said, Jeff, was that you? You can always say, no, not me, man. Mm-mm. Not me. Uh, That's no. it. I'll deny it. Was it. A, it was, I was just—I was on YouTube and, <laughs> yeah. and I was listening to something that was really foul. It was really bad. Like, yeah, really, it was really, really foul. Bad. So, so basically, like, but like somebody was stepping on a cat. <laughs> the one thing this Operation Thirty Six does is it, it kind of for the basic junior beginner, it makes it fun. And that's what's important because I know even with my grandson, man, he loved getting to the, the practice tee and slamming balls with his driver. But after about 12 or 13, he got bored and he wanted to go play golf. And you tell him, no, you can warm up with us. But when it comes time to play golf, you're just going to ride in the cart and putt. He's like, uh-uh, no, sir. Mm-mm. I'm going to be out there uh, in order to have fun. So. Just make it fun, as Jeff says. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be time-consuming. And don't let it be boring. And there you go. And uh, thanks to guys like Jeff and Matt Reagan with Operation 36, we're on our way to to a million new golfers. We have some rather, I don't want to say old, that's a bad thing to say, but we have some not new golfers. (laughs) And we're going to see them in a little bit. Uh, we'll tell you how when we come right back. Don't you move. We are those weekend golf guys. If you're in sales, you know that people buy things from people they know, they like, and they trust. It can take forever to build that kind of a relationship unless you use golf. 
business, golf is the quickest way to build trust with your clients and potential customers. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com. Go there now and check it out. Zig Ziglar said that if I like you, I will talk to you. But if I trust you, I will do business with you. And that's the frustration of all of us in the business world. It takes so much longer to build trust than it does just to get someone to like you. Unless you have a shortcut. And that's why we're here. We have a shortcut. It's called golf. We have a free group for you to join and we can explain it all. It's called the Back Nine Advisory Board. Go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com and join for free our Facebook group, the Back Nine Advisory Board. Build trust with customers and potential customers in 18 holes. The Back Nine Advisory Board for all business people who want to learn how to quickly get their clients and their potential clients to trust them with golf. The Back Nine Advisory Board, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. That's thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Yes, uh, mentioned something about older golfers. Uh, we are about to embark on a, a trip to French Lick. Hope you're all packed, Jeff. We will meet you there. Uh, it is the uh, week um, of the Senior LPGA I, Championship. I love that place. It is, isn't it marvelous? Uh, check out mm -hmm. th thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Got uh, a little post, not just about the LPGA Championship, but about French Lick in general. Uh, the Pete Dye course is amazing, but we won't get to play it because it's a little bit busy with the LPGA Senior Championship. Uh, however, or the Senior LPGA Championship, presented by Old National Bank. But we will be playing on the Donald Ross course on multiple occasions this coming week, which is another. I mean, they played the U.S. Open there in, what, 1917, 1924, somewhere around there? I think it was 24. 24, yeah. And and uh, Tom Bendelow course. And, and the, That's the, a nice track. It is. That Bendelow track is pretty cool. Yes, Nine it, holes. Yeah. And it's down in the valley. Yeah. But man. It's great. What a good track that is. And the, and the practice facilities they have there are amazing. You know, now that I practice, I notice these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that that's one of the best statements I've heard you say. <laughs> uh, now that I practice, I actually notice how good these things really are. <laughs> it's like a whole new thing. I know, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Once I start eating again, I realized how good food was. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <What>? Okay. <laughs> but we are going to be, uh, our, our next week's program will be recorded live from the French Lick Hotel. I'm sure it will be recorded live from the mansion at the Pete Dye Course, which is one of the places where Al Capone used to hang out and watch for cops. And there's still all kinds of little secret passageways where you can escape if someone's coming and you don't want to be seen. Such a cool place. Check it out. Check us out anytime you need to at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. You can find some back episodes there. You can find uh, interesting stories like the French Lake story. Uh, also, uh, did you hear about, real quick, we put, put a thing on the website, but Kirkland Golf Balls, they came back again, no. but they were nowhere near as good as they were the first time. They have, fell apart a lot. So uh, Costco is letting you return them and uh, giving you a full refund, but you don't even have to return the balls. Just show them your receipt. They'll give you a full refund. You can keep the balls. Yeah, that's right. So you can really? learn stuff like that if you go to thoseweekendgolfguys.com or if you follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash golfguys or on Twitter at WKNDGolfguys because we are at all those places. The best golf radio show of 2019. Thank you, CV Magazine, and thank you. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for being around. Come back next time. And in the meantime, pick up some clubs and go out and play some golf. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.